Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Bact is thinking about going IPO. Finnish authorities are selling 76 million in seized Bitcoin, and it's that time of year again, crypto taxes. We're talking taxes and how to pay them. Coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, January 8th, 2020. I don't have any rants. I have nothing to say this morning. I just want to get into those crypto prices because damn, yo, damn. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 11.10 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $41,027.92, up 4.3% from yesterday. By the way, yesterday when I reported it was 39.3. Ethereum, $1,230, down 3.3%. Litecoin, $174.76, up 2.3% from yesterday. Chainlink, $15.52, down 8% from yesterday. And XRP, $0.31.8, cents, down 12.3% from yesterday total market cap for all of cryptocurrency is 1.07 trillion dollars up 1.5 percent from yesterday with a btc dominance of 70.5 percent and the top 10 has not changed by the way the top 10 has not changed and some bitcoin news as the time of writing this article bitcoin surpassed facebook's market cap and tesla is actually in reach of bitcoin and then if it overtakes Tesla and goes into the number six spot, the only companies ahead of it are Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Saudi Amarco, and Apple. And in our main conversation today, we're going to talk to Shihan Chandrasekara, the head of tax strategy at Cointracker, about your crypto taxes. Pay attention to this one. This is important. Good. Thanks for having me again. 100 percent. it's good to see you i hope life is well and i hope that you're enjoying 2021 yeah especially with the uh crypto market yeah like it seems to be great yeah <laughs> well this is going to be make a very busy tax season for you and that's why we're here we're here to talk about taxes and i want everybody to understand what to expect coming in this tax season look everybody's in the in the green right now everybody's going to make a little bit of money in crypto right now not i mean of course if you're holding some shit coins you might not be but if you're holding bitcoin you're in the green we need to figure out how people can go forward with taxes to make sure everything is kosher with the government so that when they cash out and they buy that Tesla, they're not coming back with a $20,000 bill and they're in bad situations. Uh, so first, I want to say, ask you the very basic questions. What are taxes? That's a basic question, but I want everybody to understand what are taxes? Yeah. So there's this thing called crypto taxes, right? So according to the IRS, Cryptocurrencies, it could be Bitcoin, shitcoin, or any coins. Those coins are treated as property. So pretty much you pay taxes on the difference between how much you purchased that coin and how much you sold that coin for. Say you got a Bitcoin for 10,000 bucks, you sold it for 30,000, you pay capital gains taxes on 20,000. That's just a very high level summary of how taxes work. Obviously, there are exceptions and stuff like that. But just know that whenever you make a profit, 
you got to pay taxes and you got to report them correctly on your tax return. So when you're holding your crypto and you're cashing out, then we're going to use that same uh, denomination that you use just now throughout this whole podcast. You buy for 10,000, you sell for 30,000. Now there's two kinds of taxes in my understanding. There's long-term capital gains tax, and then there's income tax. When do those two, can you define both of those for, for me really quick? And then when do they apply to those taxes? Yeah, so that twenty thousand is the amount of tax uh, amount of gains that's subject to taxes. The amount of taxes you pay on that gain depends on how long you kept that coin before you are selling it. So if you kept that coin for more than twelve months before you sold it at thirty thousand bucks, we call that gain a long term capital gain, which is which is good because long term capital gains are taxed at zero percent, fifteen percent, or twenty percent max. So what that means is you could make like half a million, no, like half a trillion, but for the long-term capital gains, your max rate would be 20,000. That you get the benefit because you held- Max rate would be 20%. 20% for long-term capital gains. You get that benefit because you held the coin for more than 12 months. That's why we call it long-term capital gains. However, if you kept that coin only for like, let's say six months, you know, any, you know, less than 12 months before you're selling it, we call that $20,000 gain a short-term capital gains, which is subject to your income tax bracket, it could range from 0% to 37%, which is the highest level. Um, so always it's a good idea to, to sell your coins, which you have held for two, uh, 12 months or more, because if it's long-term, your maximum capital gain tax rate is 20%, but if you short-term, your maximum gain would be 37%. So you're saving roughly 17% by just, uh, you know, if you really have to sell, sell the coins that you purchased like, you know, 12 months ago. Understood. Understood. And just to clarify, um, if it's a short-term gain tax, that's my income. It's going to be added to my income. I say if I make $50,000 a year, I'm going to add that $20,000 gain to that income. It means I made $70,000 that year, and it's going to just be taxed just like I made $70,000 at a job. At a high level, yes. Okay, yes. perfect, perfect. Now, you know, crypto is just, uh, again, it's an innovative emerging market and things are not as cut and dry as, say, stock markets. Can you tell me about the different kinds of trades and different kind of taxable um, events that might happen uh, while you're, you're trading crypto or holding crypto or maybe some weird DeFi project drops you some to coins that are worth a couple thousand bucks? Can we go through a couple of those things? Where are those taxable events? Yeah, so there are several events that you uh, might have a tax obligation. Uh, so I'll start with the easiest ones to grasp, which is cashing out. Pretty easy. You have your Bitcoin, you cash it out, you have to pay uh, capital gains taxes on the profit. Uh, number two would be a situation where you're trading one cryptocurrency with another. Say you're going from Bitcoin to Ethereum. So in that transaction, you're essentially selling the Bitcoin to obtain the Ethereum. So you had to pay taxes on the difference between the cost basis and the sales price of that Bitcoin. So that's a crypto to crypto sales. And that's a, that's this is a situation where a lot of taxpayers don't understand. They're like, oh, I didn't I didn't get any cash. So why do you have to pay any taxes? But unfortunately, that's the that's the case. Can you define that really quick before we go on? You said cost basis to the difference. Can you what is cost basis and what difference are you talking about? Yeah. So going with our example before, uh, so we got our first Bitcoin at 10,000 bucks and instead of cashing it out, we are converting that Bitcoin into Ethereum. And at the time uh, you're trading your Bitcoin to Ethereum, one Bitcoin is worth 30,000. So in that case, uh, you would be paying taxes on that $20,000 worth of profit because in the eyes of the IRS, you're essentially selling that Bitcoin to get the Ethereum. 
Um, so yeah, so that's number two. Uh, number three, whenever you earn um, cryptocurrencies, it could be in the form of interest, uh, D5 income, you could be staking, you could be mining. So those are taxable events. Um, number four um, would be a situation where you get airdrop. In 2020, there were a couple of you know, significant airdrop that happened, the uni airdrop um, and the flare airdrop. And for some people it has hit their account and some people it hasn't. I mean, you get to pay, you pay taxes, it has hit your account. Um, so those are primary situations where that you pay taxes. Oh, another thing that a lot of people forget about is whenever you spend cryptocurrency to buy goods and services, like there's a bunch of crypto debits and credit cards going around. So whenever you do those things, those are taxable events as well. And finally, like your derivative traders and you know, options and you know, margin contracts, you know, those are taxed based on the, the PL, the profit and losses that you're making from those contracts. What about what about stable coins? What about if you take your using our example again? We have ten thousand dollars of Bitcoin, we have it's now thirty thousand dollars, we have that twenty thousand dollar gain is again, but I just want to just you know, still hodl it. I put it into a stable coin, USDT, USDC, BUSD, or whatever stable coin, just because, but I don't exit the market. Yeah, still, again, the way that IRS sees things is that when you get a stable coin, which is worth $30,000 now, uh, you have gained accession to wealth because you pretty much went from 10000 to 30000 So even though you are not exiting the crypto market, you know you haven't realized any cash, you still had to pay taxes on that $20,000 worth of phantom income, which still hasn't hit your USD, but you still had to pay taxes, unfortunately. So the way that this sounds to me, that this is not money, this is more considered stock or property. So so when people, and you said that if you use crypto debit cards, it's not just, hey, I'm going to use $100 and buy this you know, item and maybe take, pay some fees with the transactions or whatever. I am actually going to have a tax event as well for that $100, which could be up to 20%. Or Correct. Your, whatever your income is, adding to your income. Exactly. Uh, even though we call these, you know, cryptocurrencies uh, for the taxes, it's not treated as a currency, it's treated as a property. So whenever you sell or dispose of a property, there's always a difference between how much you paid for it versus the market value at the time you use it to buy a cup of coffee. And IRS wants you to pay taxes on that difference uh, all the time because, again, it's treated as a property. Just It's just very similar to stocks. People get a very worried about taxes. I know nobody likes to pay taxes, but the more and more I look into this process of capital gains tax, long-term capital gains tax, at least, it's not that bad. 15% is not that bad because the way I understand it, and I think that we have to clarify this for everybody, is you get to re remove your cost basis. So let's just say, use a different number now. Let's use $100,000 and you went jumped up to $200,000. You get to remove that hundred thousand dollars from the the what you're going to claim for your taxes and only pay 15 percent on that hundred thousand dollars that you made in gains is that correct uh, i mean that that's essentially correct i mean the taxes are i have to say it's complicated it doesn't necessarily work like you know you you have your profit and multiplied by the 15 percent gain would be you know equal to your taxes but the idea is same uh, the long-term capital gain rate uh, has been like extremely favorable. And a lot of people talk to these you know, wealthy individuals, they never sell their stock positions or any type of asset without holding it for uh, 12 months or more. So I encourage you to do the same uh, and you know, just hodl. Uh, and if you really need some liquidity, just sell after you're holding it for more than 12 months. 
Um, and and if you just decide to hold like forever, it's completely tax free, by the way. And of course, this is not trading advice or investment advice or financial advice, but we're just talking about how taxes work. There's two kinds of uh, capital gains, long-term capital gains rates, isn't there? There's a up to there's a free one where you get no capital taxes on it. There is a 15% and a 20%. And if I'm correct, can you please go through how that works? Yeah, that so that 0% long-term capital gains is something that a lot of people don't know about. I actually wrote like a couple of posts about it as well. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the long-term capital gains have three rates, 0%, 15%, and 20%. So all these wealthy individuals, people who make you know, over $500,000 or more, and if they make long-term capital gains, they will be subject to 20%. And majority of the U.S. people will be subject to the 15%. However, there's also a zero uh, tax uh, rate. Uh, that rate depends on your filing status and your overall income for the given year. Like, for example, if you're single and if, you, if your overall income for the entire year, including capital gains, is less than 40000 bucks, you can pretty much cash out up to $40,000 of long-term capital gain tax-free. And if you're married that threshold goes up to around like $80,000 or so, meaning like you can pretty much, you know, depending on the sale, you can pretty much live off from your long-term capital gains. Um, you know, if you cash out because you just pay zero taxes because that's, that's a statutory tax um, rate that has been in the, in the economy for years. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, this is a complicated process. Of course, everybody should get their tax advisor or a CPA to help them through this, especially one that specializes in crypto. But there's the trade aspect. Are there any tools to help people monitor what they've been doing all year? Because sometimes you just make a trade here, you know, cash out here, make a trade there, you know. And, you know, over a course of a year, even though you think you might not be doing it a lot, it could add up to dozens of trades. How do, how do people keep track? Yeah, it becomes a, a really a nightmare when it comes to tax uh, uh, season because to properly file your taxes, you need to figure out your cost basis, meaning how much you paid for each unit of different types of tokens, and then how much you sold each unit of those um, you know, tokens for, and the data acquired, uh, date you sold it for, and, and so many things. So, uh, luckily, there are tools. I mean, there are a bunch of you know crypto tax software tool. Uh, I mean. Oh, I can recommend, you know, CoinTracker, obviously I'm affiliated with that. Um, so CoinTracker is a quick tool where, uh, you know, you can connect um, your accounts and exchanges to the platform and you can actually monitor your portfolio. And at the end of the year, you can generate all your tax forms like Form 8949, Schedule 1, Schedule D and et cetera. So uh, yeah, if you go to Cointracker.io, uh, you will find out what it is. Uh, do they all do the same thing? Because I also saw things like uh, BitcoinTax.com. Are there any ones that you know that are just that don't work well that you may want to avoid? Now, I know I, I don't want to, you know, defrain anybody, uh, any company. But I mean, if this is going to affect people because they're using the wrong ones, I really want people to stay away from them. I mean, uh, it's again, every company has their own, uh, I would say, uh, specialty and their advantages and disadvantages. Uh, make sure you pick a company that, uh, I mean, check, check out their blog because depending on how, you know, up to date they maintain their blog and what kind of content that they put, it kind of shows that, you know, they really know about, you know, what uh, this space is. And, and also this space is constantly changing. So just, just see like the, uh, the quality of their blog before, before you pick a company. Uh, and another thing that you can check is whether they have DeFi support. And there's not many companies 
uh, that have you know direct support with exchanges like Uniswap and and all the other you know decentralized exchanges. And finally, look at the team and see how helpful they are on social media. I mean, especially you know just follow crypto Twitter. Um, and then obviously price is a concern as well. Uh, I mean, one thing, one good thing about contract that uh, other companies don't have is that we do have a tax, you know, reporting system and also like a portfolio tracking system. And in times like today, I mean, these days, like everybody wants to know, like in every five minutes, okay, what's my portfolio is worth? Because if your funds are distributed across different wallets and exchanges, you need like a unified platform to tell you, hey, here's the market value type of thing. So contract provides both those services. Now, the way that CoinTracker would uh, do this would be via API, correct? Is that safe? Uh, so there are different ways that we can integrate with these exchanges and wallets. Uh, for API, it's the most seamless one. Uh, we only ask for the read-only API. So that means we don't have the ability to do anything to the funds. We only have the ability to see the, the fund balance because we had to show it to you. Um, and there are some, you know, privacy concern clients and um, what they can do is they can go to the exchange, download the transaction history through like a CSV report and upload it to the coin tracker. So, so we don't have any connection to the uh, exchange. That's really good to know. Uh, you mentioned social media. I follow you on Twitter and I always see your tax advice because that's, that's your thing. That's your, that's what you do is you pop open uh, tax advice probably a dozen times a day of, <laughs> about different, different things. One thing you said the other day was that the IRS is one starting to re um, uh, re-edit their 1040s where there's going to be a box where you set, where you check uh, that you have purchased cryptocurrency in 2020 um, can you explain one more more about maybe the long-term hodlers that's not planning to sell, but they do might have to check that box. Who checks that box? Why do they check that box? And how are they going to find this on their on their forms? Yeah, so everybody's going to see this infamous you know, virtual currency question uh, on the page one of the form 1040. It's pretty much asking at any time of, of the year, have you sold, exchanged, and have, or have you know done anything with the cryptocurrencies? Um, Few days ago, IRS um, uh, updated the instructions on how to answer that question. Uh, in that instruction, they specifically mentioned that if you did purchase any cryptocurrencies in 2020, you would have to check yes. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you know, if you just purchase something in USD, there's there's no tax obligation that that you know you don't have to file any forms or anything like that. You just have to say yes. But you know, some clients or some you know users are not, not super happy because you know they're very privacy concerned. They're like, why do I need to tell anybody that I purchase cryptocurrencies, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I get at a high level, just make sure you answer that question. It's it's really hard to get away from that question if you're in the crypto community because even if you get airdrop or even if you get like a gift, or, uh, you know, if you're in crypto, it's really really hard to say no for that question. The only time you could safely say no to that question is a situation where you purchase crypto in 2019 and you uh, hodled it throughout 2020 and didn't do anything. So in that case, you didn't have any activity that uh, would trigger you to say yes for that question in 2020 return. So that, that's the only situation that you could safely say no. And I just want to be specific with this question because it says purchase crypto in 2020. If you did it in 2019, you don't have to check the box and there is no activity. Is that what you're saying? Correct. If in 2020, if you had no activity, you could say no. Uh, but just so you know, you there in 2020 could be a situation where you didn't have any activity, but somehow you got an airdrop. 
it wasn't your activity, but you received some crypto. So that would trigger you to say yes. And basically, if you have any exchange open, you might have got an airdrop. If it's just some <laughs> dust, you, you probably got an airdrop somewhere. So it, probably best just to check it, check it if you're in crypto. Yeah, I, I would say so. It's, it's really, really hard to say no if you're in crypto. Last question I have for you. First, I want to say thank you for your time and going over these taxes. Uh, actually, I lied. I have two questions. One, are you for hire? And two, um, are there any horror stories that you want to put out there for people to say, look, this is what people did in the past. These are This is what how they got messed up and we're trying to still fix this years later. Don't do this. Yeah, to answer your first question, uh, if I mean, unless you're like a whale, uh, meaning like if your cryptocurrency, you know, net worth is over half a million uh, or so, uh, then you don't really need an accountant, to be honest with you. You can uh, use your existing, you know, non-crypto accountant and use it to like coin tracker to kind of figure out things. Um, but there could be situations where that you are trying to plan out your future, you know, like the wealth, like, uh, should I set up an LLC? Should I set up a business and et cetera? So in those situations, always I'm uh, available to help. You can tag me on Twitter at the crypto CPA. I'm, I'm, I answer questions like every day. I have to stop uh, you. I have to stop you there. I know I, know I, need, I have one more question to go to, but you said set up an LLC or, or a business. You, do, you, do you mean that just in general, people selling up an LLC or an S Corp, or does that help your tax liabilities with, when it comes to crypto uh, gains? It depends on the goals of the person. I mean, setting up an LLC doesn't really, it doesn't have like a direct tax um, uh, benefit, but it does something, it has something to do with, you know, your asset protection. And if you're setting up like a mining corporation or like a staking, you're running like a staking, not setting up an LLC and having, you know, running it as a business, uh, have some, you know, tax advantages than, you know, just doing it on your own. Horror stories, I mean, uh, again, at, at high level, I think IRS, like for the past couple of years, they were kind of in this education mode when it comes to, um, you know, dealing with crypto uh, taxpayers, you know, they sent out these letters and et cetera. But starting 2021, and actually they said that, uh, that they're switching their mode from being kind of like education to enforcement type of mode. So in layman terms, what that means is you're going to see more audits, uh, you're going to be under more scrutiny. So make sure you get your things right um, and use a reputable crypto tax software tool and just don't just think that, okay, everything is anonymous or anonymous and I'm not, I'm using all the decentralized stuff and uh, the government has no visibility into you. They do actually. Uh, and then there were some uh, high profile, you know, crypto tax criminal case last year. I mean, John McAfee and there's ex Microsoft engineer trying to do stuff with crypto. So just don't end up <laughs> with that like that. Um, just pay your fair share of taxes. Uh, do tax planning. There are a ton of ways that you can save taxes on crypto as well. Um, and yeah, enjoy the market. Sihan Chandrasekhar, thank you very much for coming on the show and explaining crypto taxes. And I will make sure that your contacts are in the show notes so people can reach out to you if they have questions or they want to hire you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And in other news, an Ethereum-based crypto punk artwork just sold for $176,000. One user paid 140F or at today's value, $176,000 for a non-fungible token or an NFT with an ape in a cap. I mean, NFTs are getting big, but this one is absolutely crazy because it's $176,000 and it's only 24 by 24 pixels. It's Diamond HD. It's just 24 by 24. Well, you can spend your money on whatever you want to, but that seems a little overpriced in my opinion. 
Bitcoin Custodian Backed is in talks to go public, says a report. Bitcoin Custodian Backed is reportedly going public if the merger with shell from VPC Impact Acquisition Holdings, or VPC for the ticker, goes through. The intercontinental exchange-owned firm will forego the traditional initial public offering route and instead trade directly on public exchanges. If you guys remember, Senator Kelly Loeffler, who just lost in the Georgia runoff election, was the former backed CEO. Finnish authorities are selling $76 million in seized Bitcoin. How much is $76 million in seized Bitcoin? Well, that's 1,961 Bitcoin. And when they seized the Bitcoin in 2016, it was worth only around $700,000. Well, my opinion here, here's my two cents. You're going to go as a country, seize Bitcoin, and then sell it for a massive profit when you have those gains? That's kind of like an incentive to go seize everybody's Bitcoin as a, as a country, isn't it? Or as a government. Anyway, we're not too sure how they're going to sell this Bitcoin, but more than likely they're going to probably sell it as market prices. Are they going to do it as an auction? Are they going to put it up on exchange? I think what we can do is look at purchases by, like, say, Tim Draper, who did the same thing from the U.S. government, bought Bitcoin from them. Look at how Tim got his Bitcoin. For what price compared to the market price? And maybe that would shed some light on how Finland is going to sell their Bitcoin. A U.K. Treasury paper says stablecoins play an important role in the economy. The UK government is seeking consultation on March 21, 2020 on a regulatory proposal that explores the scope and regulation of stablecoins. It said that digital currencies had clear benefits over the current monetary system. However, the government pointed out several risks and said that all algorithmic stablecoins were out of legal purview. BitMEX is shelling out $540 million to its early investors in a lawsuit from those investors to seek damages. BitMEX has faced multiple lawsuits in the past few years. Do you remember yesterday when I was talking about the FinCEN proposal to monitor everybody's wallets? And I told you that Coinbase and other exchanges and other entities in the crypto space, regulatory bodies or lobbyist groups were collecting comments and letters and whatnot to send to FinCEN to say, yo, let's take our time and do things right. Well, as reported yesterday, there was only 6,500 of so-called comments and letters to FinCEN. That became a lot more going up to over 65,000 comments regarding this rule. Now, there has been members of Congress saying that this ruling has been rushed. Let's see if FinCEN takes these comments, plus the comments from Congress, to slow down and rethink what they're doing. And finally, it's usually when Bitcoin hits all-time highs, Coinbase goes down, and everybody's screaming conspiracy, scam, fraud. <laughs> but yesterday, when Bitcoin hit 40 thousand dollars it wasn't just coinbase going down it was pretty much everybody coinbase binance kraken and gemini all experienced technical difficulties within a short time span of bitcoin hitting forty thousand dollars basically when bitcoin goes up and goes to mars not the moon but mars it's going to affect everybody there's going to be a big rush into these exchanges either buying or selling fomoing or getting out and protecting those gains and these exchanges are not geared for that kind of traffic. Well, with Bitcoin's price going higher and higher, they better step it up a notch. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Like always, please go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and most importantly, leave us a comment. It helps me know how I'm doing. It helps people have confidence to click on the show. And if you want to just let me know personally and not put the comment out there, you can send an email to matthewaron at decrypt.co. I'm going to see you tomorrow for the weekend update. Until then, happy hodling, everyone.